the only limiting factor to impact and growth is the people around you. Not even money. Money is not a limiter because if you're good at what you do, money will come. So you have a passion for fitness and the desire to start your own business. But launching a massively successful fitness business is extremely complex. The systems, operations, hiring, firing, coaching, sales, and marketing are critical to success. Where do you even start? This show will give you the answers. Here is Bedros Koulian and Bryce Henson, your hosts of the Fitness Franchise Podcast, a show dedicated to helping fitness entrepreneurs launch and grow successful gyms. Hello and welcome to the Fitness Franchise Podcast. My name is Bryce Henson and I will be your host and I'm super pumped up today to kick off our podcast uh, with my co-host who's also allowed me to interview him to kickstart our podcast. And to provide him introduction, he is the true American dream story. Uh, rags to riches as his family escaped communist Armenia back in 1980, and they showed up to Southern California with nothing more than the clothes on their backs without any handle of the English language. And fast forward a few decades, he has become one of the most prominent entrepreneurs on the planet. Now, he's most famously known for being the CEO and founder of Fit Body Bootcamp, which is the fastest growing indoor fitness franchise. He is the mastermind behind many successful businesses, brands, thought leaders, and best-selling authors. And you might have seen him on TV from the likes of ABC, NBC, Spike TV, and on top of the charts, the New York Times bestselling list with his best-selling book, Man Up. And he's here in the studio today and I'm so excited to introduce him, one of my dear friends, mentors, business coaches, and business partners, Bedros Koulian. Welcome to the show. Business partners, that's my favorite part. Man, it is good to be here in our studio, Brycey. I gotta tell you, uh, I'm massively proud of you. I feel a little emotional, I feel a little proud, I feel a little ecstatic that this show is happening today and that you're going to be impacting so many lives of people who want to create fitness businesses that create impact. Um, and as someone who's seen you develop going on over nearly a decade now, yes, sir. Uh, it's pretty neat to call you a friend, a business partner, co-host. Uh, but this is really your, your show, man. And so it's just an honor to be here. Well, it's completely special to me, man. I mean, this show today episode is about you, but uh, you've impacted me in many ways that I can barely even imagine, uh, which we'll kind of get to as the episode goes on. But um, to kind of get down to it, I know to teach up, what did I leave off in terms of, you know, uh, giving you some highlight? <laughs> what did you, what did you leave off? Well, <laughs> typically with all the other podcasts, you know, they want to blow smoke, it feels like they blow smoke up my ass. And it's like, I've had the good fortune of coaching many of like New York Times bestsellers, top entrepreneurs, um, NFL athletes, like Super Bowl winning athletes, elite warriors, Navy SEALs and, and, and Rangers. And, but, but I think it's because of a track record that I've created and my ability to show vulnerability. And so if there was any other thing you left off is like one thing I get, I hear often is like, dude, you're a very vulnerable, open person, which I used to not be. I've just become that way over time because time will smooth out your rough sides, your, your jagged ends. And then of course, just to have had the good fortune to coach and mentor some pretty big people. And that's pretty special to me because look, you could look at your bank account and go, shoot, uh, we do well. Like you can use that as a barometer of success. Mm -hmm. That's one barometer of success. Many people do. But I think even a greater barometer of success is who is calling you to ask for your advice, right? And well, I'm not gonna drop any names here because I always tell all these guys and gals that you know everything that we talk about in, those, in that conference room upstairs where I do my half day coaching will go to my deathbed with me. Uh, but I've had some pretty amazing people that people know, like, and follow and read their stuff and have seen them on TV, et cetera. So anyway, it's, it's just great to be that guy. But more importantly, um, it all started off with a uh, little fitness franchise idea that I had back in, what, 2010 when the economy crashed because of the housing market, right? So yeah. that's, that's what kind of brought us here. 
We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Fit Body Bootcamp, the success you've had there. We're going to talk about True Lean. We're going to talk about the Modern Day Night Project. A lot of things uh, to get to. But before we do, um, you know, take us through the backstory. Like, how did Bedros Koulian, who, who you are today, get to this spot? Yeah. So, I, I suppose the backstory would be this. I. I have experienced a lot of adversity in my life. I've experienced a lot of suffering in my life. And truth be told, the other day in the kitchen at my house, Di <laughs> was like, it just seems like sometimes you're very dark, right? And when I say Di, Di is my wife, Diana. So sometimes you're very dark. It doesn't seem like you're always happy. Like you do realize that like, it is my lot in life to suffer. And when I say that, people are like, oh my God, you shouldn't be that way. But Craig Ballantyne, who I believe is one, part robot and alien, but part the other half, he is really good at just watching and assessing someone. One day he said, he goes, you know who you are? You're like that, like that, that big black guy in the movie, The Green Mile. He goes, mm -hmm. you just take everyone's pain and suffering and, and, and you, you alleviate the pain off their shoulders and you take it. Well, I don't take it and put it on my shoulders, but I do realize that I thrive off adversity. I think part of that is um, I've never shared this actually. Over 346 now podcasts I've been interviewed on and TV shows and stuff and I've never shared this. And it goes to show you that it helps when you are sitting with a friend. Um, when I was born, my mom started hemorrhaging blood and when you're in a communist Soviet hospital, she was about to die. So my dad and sister took me home. My sister's 16 years older than me. So you imagine a 16 year old mm -hmm. has some kind of motherly whatever, oxytocin's probably Instant, pumping yeah. for me, right? And uh, they start boiling rice and they give me rice milk, right? Which it's actually rice water because rice has no nipples. So it can give rice milk. Logically, yeah. Right. And so, <laughs> And so right off the bat, like I wasn't getting breast milk, you know, in, in 1974 in communist Soviet Union, there is no uh, formula to mix up for a baby. So they're mixing water and rice together, boiling it and spoon feeding it to me. And I somehow was able to live a month and a half while my mom's in the hospital off of rice water, right? Holy smokes. Yeah. And so... Like, think about that. That's the time when your brain's developing, your connective tissue's developing, and like coming out the womb with adversity. How mm -hmm. freaking awesome is that? And then, of course, I've talked about the fact that and this is not to go dark on this episode, but it is just the, the human, the reality of humanity is that one out of every three people have had some kind of um, mental, emotional trauma in their life when out of every four people have had some kind of sexual abuse. Well, I'm one of the four. Mm -hmm. as, a, as a young boy, four to six years old in Armenia, I was, uh, I was molested by two older boys. And that, again, was a lot of adversity, a lot of suffering, a lot of darkness, a lot of trauma that I had to live with. I didn't talk about it to anyone until my mid-30s when I had that anxiety attack. But then when you come to the United States after that, my Dad decided we're going to come to the United States. We're going to escape the Soviet Union. Um, you know, you're living in Section 8 housing. And there's broke people living in Section 8 housing. Mm -hmm. And there's thugs living in Section 8 housing. Mm -hmm. And so you get beat up. You get bullied. And you get picked on because you don't speak the language. You don't understand the culture. And you wear funny clothes. And your mom cuts your hair with literally a bowl haircut. Mm -hmm. And... <clears throat> So again, more suffering, more adversity. What I didn't know that from the second that I was born, that adversity and every piece of adversity and suffering and setback and challenge that happened to me, and the list goes on and we don't have time to go through it here, but you fast forward to the three elementary schools, two junior highs and two high schools, the police helicopter chases that I've been in, and I wasn't in the police helicopter, I was in the getaway car uh, because I got involved in a life of stupid crime as a young man, um, carjackings, home invasion robberies. Mm -hmm. That, all that adversity, all that trauma, it has taught me to be resilient, resourceful, and relentless. Like, I feel like I'm a cockroach, and I feel like I'm a weed, like an everyday garden weed that can grow anywhere, mm -hmm. right? Uh, like, a, you look at a weed, it can grow in sand, it can grow through ice, it can grow through snow. Uh, I've seen weed growing on the side of a telephone pole. Concrete. Concrete, exactly. <laughs> It'll crack concrete and grow out of that crack, right? Like, how powerful is that? Crazy. 
without even getting water, just somehow get, so I always look at, my, look at myself as that. And so um, the, the three R's always come to mind that, holy shit, the God or the powers that be, the universe have been training me my whole life to, to excel at suffering and then to be resourceful, resilient, and relentless. Resourceful and always finding a way, resilient in when I'm knocked down to get back up, and then relentless in that when I lock onto a goal, Hell or high water, the goal will be accomplished. Um, I'm relentless at achieving my goals. Um, so I'm so grateful. The backstory of me was, it was, the, the mess was the message today, right? The mess of me as a young man, as a kid, and the suffering, the adversity, the, the pick, getting picked on and molested and all that. And I don't wish that on anybody, man. But mm-hmm. it was my training grounds to be the person that I am today where I could be fully intense and engaged and building a business, but then be very caring and compassionate and empathetic towards people who have seen trauma and experienced trauma and for some reason feel safe in talking to me about it, which is uh, what a gift I have. That you do. And, uh, you know, on a personal note, um, you know, I've struggled through alcoholism for a long period of my life. And I think, you know, with your guidance, with your tutelage, with your mentorship, by you exposing your own trauma, kind of some of the things that you just, you know, talked about, it gave me the, you know, confidence and the courage, I should say, uh, to kind of face my own demons and, you know, get in recovery. And um, Mm -hmm. so I want to acknowledge you for that. Amen. Thank you. So uh, now we've kind of touched on the backstory a little bit. I want to kind of bring our audience up to, you know, the meat and potatoes on, you know, the business, the entrepreneurship, the success that you've had. Mm-hmm. So um, you're probably one of your biggest highlights to date is, you know, the CEO and founder of Fit Body Bootcamp. And, uh, you know, you founded it back in 2008, 2009. Yeah, I thought of it right after the housing market crash, right? So the housing market crashed in early 2008. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, the one-on-one personal training model, which I come from, I'm a one-on-one personal trainer, and I was embarrassing enough to say I was I was that mindset, Bryce, where, look, it's, it's in the name, personal training. Why are you guys doing boot camp out there in the parks? Why are you doing group training? It's one-on-one, it's personal training. And when the housing market crashed, and right around that time, I was already now, I had sold my five gyms. And I had, uh, for those of you watching, I had five gyms in San Diego, and uh, they were called Premier Results, and uh, Premier Results was all about one-on-one personal training, right? Yep. One personal trainer, one client, one goal was our kind of thing. And I had sold those gyms. I had gotten into coaching and consulting of personal trainers, and so personal trainers were my clients. Well, as the housing market crashed and people couldn't afford to pay 600 to $800 a month for a one-on-one personal trainer, Yep these personal trainers stopped working with me. They stopped paying me money as a business consultant, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, crap, this is bad. And it was the first time I'd experienced, as an entrepreneur, a really big market crash, right? Where like the unemployment rate had gone over 11% and inflation was bananas. So anyway, all that said, I was like, well, you know, maybe I need to reconsider this whole bootcamp model. I see people training outdoors. It looks like one trainer and many clients Maybe there's something there. And then it hit me, dude. It hit me. And that was Super Bowl. So it was February of 2009. And I'm not even a football fan, but Jason Ferruccia invited me to his house. And I'm watching football, Super Bowl, and I'm like, huh, these coaches train these athletes in a group environment. Like these are top of the line athletes, right? Like they are now we're watching the Super Bowl. And they get coached in a group environment. They're not being coached one-on-one. No. Well, if professional athletes can be trained in a group environment and create an awesome result, like getting paid millions of dollars, why couldn't we train clients who are trying to lose fat, get fit, and live a happy and healthy life? And it hit me in that moment that I had been closed-minded. It hit me in that moment that I need to reconsider that. So now I wanted to take that outdoor boot camp and bring it indoors because I was still a big fan of equipment. And I'm like, well, outdoors, you're using body weight, maybe you're using the picnic bench or whatever, whatever you can find in a park, right? Yep. Um, and I've done outdoor boot camps right in that time because um, I wanted to experience it. And I was like, well, I'm limited to what I can teach my clients. And so- Also the elements and just you know everything. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Well, we live in California. And it gets cold sometimes and it rains and, you know, the time change, it gets dark early in the morning. 
Like, could you imagine like other states where it's snowing? Where it I, can, I can. I lived yeah, in Michigan for Michigan. 10 years yeah, at foot of snow. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't. Yeah, good on you. Yeah. So all that said, <laughs> I was like, you know what? We're gonna. I'm gonna try and open up a boot camp indoors, and I didn't trust that I could lease a building and make this happen. So I subleased out of a gymnastics center. So fun little fact about uh, Fit Body Boot Camp, the history of Fit Body Boot Camp in 2010. Our first technical location was uh, technically was in All Star Cheer Center in Rancho Santa Margarita. How funny. California. Uh, second one was in Costa Mesa. Both cheer centers. One was a cheer center, one was a gymnastic center. Both had the carpet bonded flooring, yep. which is a nod to that time. Still, Fit Body Boot Camp runs carpet bonded flooring, except it's not blue anymore. Like gymnastic centers, it's, you know, we have our, we have our own custom yeah, color. Yeah, custom color and specialized design. And uh, holy crap, man, training clients in a group environment in the morning where it's temperature controlled, it's lit up, and I was able to bring some dumbbells and battle ropes, and it made a huge difference. It worked. And I realized, well, wait a minute, if this thing is generating twelve, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 a month in revenue, only training in the morning hours, and limited to the space that we have, if I have my own space and I could train clients throughout the day mm -hmm. and into the evening, this might be a solid business model. And so by late uh, 2010, we started licensing the brand. It was actually a licensing program. It was another fun fact about Fit Body Bootcamp. It wasn't a franchise just yet. And by 2012, we officially became a franchise. And that's where the meteoric growth began. You and I found out a couple of years ago at the International Franchise IFA. Association yep. that, what is it, less than 1% of franchises hit hundred locations ever within yeah within a 10-year span less than one percent hit that and then pretty much ever as well so yeah we're looking at each other being like really you know and and when we're talking with you know the other vendors and whatnot from the ifa and i think when they talked about asked us about units it, it then it clicked to me like you know we kind of talked about how many units mm -hmm. we had got it that's why there was you know level of being yeah. super, super impressed shock and awe and while we just kind of put our head down and worked, unbeknownst to me, within that first two years, we had broke over 100 locations. And in 2012, when we franchised, we converted all of our licensees to franchisees mm -hmm. over that 2012 year. And man, it was just up, up and away. Plenty of development in the product, right? I mean, it's evolved so much. You, be, you came on board as a franchisee in what year? 2012. 2012. Yep. And did you get a box of CDs? I did. Okay, so back then we were given a box of CDs, right? And like, hey, good luck in figuring it out. Yep. Um, these days we have a five-day university. We have elite trainings where you, myself, and your brother Barrett fly out all over the nation and we oh, yeah. do regional trainings. Uh, we've got a team upstairs of like just, like I would call it the SEAL teams of, of franchise support, whether it's marketing and uh, finding a location, building out locations, hiring staff. None of that existed when you came on board. Media content, shooting yeah. out videos. I mean, yeah, when, when I joined, it was the wild, wild west. It, it was the wild, wild west, but it was guys and gals like you that came on board who saw what the vision could be. And then fast forward now here where you build yourself up to four locations. And then what was it, about three years ago? that I was like, hey, Bryce, mm -hmm. I have an offer for you. That you did. How great would it be if we worked together and you took the vice president seat as Fit Body Boot Camp, Fit Body Boot Camp. And uh, man, it's just been such an awesome experience. And the, the product continues to get better, which kind of also speaks to our three core values, right? You know, exceed expectations. We're always exceeding expectations, drive change, and People want change, but everyone hates change, but Hate we drive change and it's uncomfortable for everybody, but they just love the changes. And to our credit, we we create faster than anyone else can copy. That we do. Because again, goes I, I believe uh, all of that ability to be resourceful, relentless, resilient, I've kind of brought into this brand and then intense and focused dudes and dudettes like you come on board. And we're talking about before the cameras started rolling, our team is so stacked here. Stacked. I, I would put our team up against any franchise, any brand, anywhere, and the product just keeps getting better. So we're exceeding expectations, we're driving change, and we're just relentlessly disciplined. And as it turns out, the market loves it. And so Fit Body Bootcamp has just become that thing. Um, I'm incredibly proud of it because more than anything, to the core, 
yeah, well, I do public speaking and I wrote a book and I have coaching programs. Dude, I'm a personal trainer. I'm a fitness expert still mm -hmm. at heart. And I love transforming people's physical bodies and their health because that's almost like the fuse that you light. And then all of a sudden their mind changes. And then all of a sudden their confidence and their self-esteem changes mm -hmm. for the better. And then when that changes, their life changes and changes off we there. go. Heck yeah, man. Well, uh, it's been quite the ride. Um, you know, here we are, fast forward 2021. Um, as you kind of talked about the journey, uh, looking back, um, and certainly we're not out of the woods yet with COVID and whatnot and how it's impacted the world, but what would you say from your perspective has been the biggest highlight of your tenureship as CEO, creating and building the brand? And on the flip side, um, what has been the biggest challenge throughout the decade plus? Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh man, I have the answer for that. And, and, and it's so cool. The, the highlight, I'll speak to the highlight first because the challenge, I think everyone knows what it is. It's, it's, it's the 2020 year, yeah. right, of COVID and gyms just suffered. But I'll get to that in a moment. But the highlight was this. I think it was 2015, Bryce, we hit uh, Inc. Magazine's 5,000 5, fastest growing businesses on the planet. That's out of 18 million businesses. Mm -hmm. 18 million, million businesses. We were in the top 5,000 fastest growing. And we were like... Uh, I forget what it was, but it was like something like 2000. Uh, the first year we did it, in two, it was like we were in the 2000s. And then, we, and then we that same year, we hit Entrepreneur Magazine's 500 fastest growing franchises, specifically in the franchise space, which 175,000 franchises worldwide. And we were in the top 500. Um, but one year is just like anyone could have a fluke year, right? Anyone could have a fluke year. And... But then next year, 16, 2016, it happened again. And the numbers improved. And 2017, it happened again. And 2018, and, and so all of a sudden, the, you see a pattern, you're like, holy crap, Like I think I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Let's face it, doesn't matter who you are, the first time you have a win, you're like, ah, that might have been part just dumb luck yeah. and part just I practiced excessively. And so kind of preparation meets opportunity luck, right? But then when you have three, four years back to back and Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine, and then uh, we had, uh, I, I think, uh, ABC or NBC put us in the top 15 franchises on the planet list, which was just bananas. Like our, 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 our media exposure blew up. And um, so that, talk about highlight years, right? And of course, all with that came grow, growing pains. We had oh, yeah. so much growing pains, but that's fine. You're always gonna have problems in any business. There's third world problems and there's first world problems. Third world problems are, you know, I don't know how to market to fill up my gym with clients. I don't know how to keep my clients for the long haul. They keep quitting. Those are third world. I don't have enough money to pay my to pay my employees. So those are all third world problems. The landlord's coming on to, to evict yeah. me. That's a third world third problem. problem. First world problems are, oh my God, we're growing so quick. I need bigger footprint. I need more staff. First world problem is, I don't know what to do with all these franchisees. And we encountered that, right? Which was an awesome thing to have. And so, you know, and then contrast that with the, what was the, I guess the lowest point of my specific, my experience as the CEO and founder of Fit Body Bootcamp, which is to see your baby on what I, the only way I could describe it is um, on its deathbed. COVID was probably the most detrimental single thing to the fitness industry, mm -hmm. specifically to the gyms. Mm -hmm. And no other industry felt it as hard other than the restaurant industry. Yeah. Restaurants and gyms felt it the worst. And to have worked so hard to grow a brand and to have amazing franchisees, and then to sit there on March 16th, 2020, doing a live broadcast to our franchisees in our private Facebook group. And we all came as, as a leadership team. We came to the decision that knowing what we know about COVID at that point, in that at, moment. At that point in time. At, at that point in time, like we, we have to make the conscious decision that we have a obligation and a duty to keep our clients and our community safe. So guys and gals, I'm asking you to close down your locations for two weeks mm -hmm. to four weeks to flatten the curve. If you remember, that was the whole curve, right? Yep. And so- Two weeks. Two weeks. Well, it was uh, 12 
months of two weeks. Mm -hmm. Some states like Texas would open up and then close back down, Florida, et cetera. Majority of the states just stayed shut down. And no one stays in business, no one goes into business, I should say, to go, hey, I just want the government to give me enough money to stay afloat. You go into business because you wanna be an agent of change. Right. Right, you go into business because you wanna be able to help hundreds and then thousands of people in your community. Right. You don't go into business to go, hey, just give me enough food to live today I don't know what's gonna to come tomorrow, but I hope that you'll give me enough food for tomorrow. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want that. That's no. not how I go, gone into business. No. And so we found ourselves, all of us, from headquarters on, because remember, Fit Body Bootcamp, and people always go like, hey man, well, don't you have investors, and didn't you like take millions of dollars? No, no, we are self-funded and debt-free, right? We are very different, and this is why you and I and our mm -hmm. leadership team can make the decisions mm -hmm. in our franchise, and we don't have a board of directors who, who represent some private capital telling us what to do with our business and how to run it. And thank God, because we were able to pivot and mm -hmm. really at t turn on a dime and really be able to support our franchisees and run private training without you know our ability to kind of move quick like that, being self-funded, exactly. I don't think that would have happened. No, that's exactly right. So in addition to that, because then if we had some board that we had to be held accountable to, well, true, yeah, we would have had money to survive on, which thankfully we did because uh, my wife and I have assets and we sold them in, uh, in the form of rental properties. And um, of course, the PPP program came through as well. But more than that, like I don't ever want a board of directors to tell me how I should treat my franchisees mm -hmm. based on their uh, profit and loss margins. Mm -hmm. you know I mean, like I want to treat my franchisees fairly. I want to treat my franchisees in a way where they feel like we're business partners mm -hmm. and not that they're getting gouged by mm -hmm. me. And in the franchise world, you know this, um, they will nickel and dime you. Franchises will nickel and dime their franchisees and it's on the fine print. And so you got to ask, ask, ask. And so we chose the deliberate direction of not having um, an overlord. So with that, we were self-funded, debt-free, and 2020 comes, and we're like, crap, all right, what do we do? Well, going back to resilient, resourceful, relentless, mm -hmm. we're not about to let this thing die. This brand, we worked so hard for it, we're all a part of it. Like, the fact that you as a VP own multiple Fit Body Bootcamp locations, mm -hmm. the fact that our other VP, Matt Wilbur, owns nine Fit Body Bootcamp locations. Like, we live and breathe this stuff. It's not like, you. you know, uh, you know, I came up with an idea and I'm not from the fitness industry. And then I hired someone who started a franchise in the restauranting restaurant world, you know, two decades ago and said, hey, you know, franchising, I know fitness, let's do this thing. Like, this is what we do, man. We're cut from this cloth. Yeah, this is who we are. And so to me, it was like, there was no other option, but we survive. And so we pivoted within three days, we we're doing online coaching, uh, changing our clients' lives at home instead of in location. And that ended up going far beyond a month to the point where we started creating promotional programs to gain new online coaching clients on board. Yeah. yeah, it's like, we're not just gonna work with the clients that we have. Now we're gonna start seeing how can we get online coaching clients in front of our franchisees via Zoom and Trainerize, the app that we use. And, mm -hmm. and man, it just was a cool experience to have this acid test. Well, looking back, right? Because we're in March of 2021 now. And looking back, 2020 was a good acid test of our leadership, mm -hmm. of our systems, and of our commitment to our brand and our franchisees. But in 2020, it was probably the most stressful and worst time of my life in terms of the uncertainty of what might happen with our brand. Not like I was gonna end up homeless with my family, whatever, nothing like that. You know, like in the back of my mind, I always tell myself like, I, I, I can restart again, mm -hmm. right? I can restart again. But man, every franchisee, who signed a lease, like I feel responsible for, you feel responsible for. And so it was hard nights of not sleeping. Um, I've shared this openly. It was one cocktail led to two or three cocktails a night. Mm -hmm. um, I do believe I aged more in those 12 months than I have in the past probably four years, five years. However, I also gained 10 years of experience in leading a business in that one year. So there was gifts that came out of it, but it's only in hindsight. And so here we are growing again and, and thriving, but only after 12 months of just having our butt handed to us. Yeah, it was uh, not fun, but uh, you know, as the old adage says, hindsight's twenty twenty, and you come out you know, clean on the other side if you put your head down and yeah. work with great people. So yeah. 
So yeah, that was the, that was the highs and the lows for you. Oh, that's a lot. Um, well, good. Well, you know, that being obviously, you know, your brainchild, uh, kind of transitioning to another brainchild in a few years ago, um, kind of right at the time that, you know, you asked me to come work with you and, um, you talked about, you know, the, the, the idea of launching a supplement company, nutrition company, because obviously working out does incredible wonders for the mind, body, and soul. But as we know, being in the fitness industry, really it's what you put in your mouth is actually what changes your body composition. So if you could, you know, kind of share the audience with the audience, you know, mm -hmm. the story of Trulene, how it came about and kind of, you know, walk us through that journey where we are today. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to go, um, well, all right, we have whatever, 600 plus locations at the time. And uh, when we started Truline, and that those clients from those Fitbody locations, when they're told by their coaches inside of the Fitbody bootcamp, hey, you ought to consider using some protein as supplements, um, some greens, et cetera, well, they would go to their local you know, supplement stores, mm -hmm. right? And you and I know that supplements are not there's no governing body to oversee supplements. No, and not. so you could use the cheapest quality, you could put fillers. So the label might say, whatever, 20 grams of protein per scoop, but there might be fillers in there. And there's plenty of supplement companies that have been busted for that, where it's not really 20 grams, it's like 18, uh, if you're lucky, if you're 10, lucky. yeah, right, if more like it. Uh, and I'm not here to knock supplement companies, but I'm here to tell you that like, we figured out, well, wait a minute, if our clients are not getting the best supplements, they're being sold to supplements that have the highest, let's say, profit margins mm -hmm. and lowest in quality of ingredients, yet these are the type of clients that we're serving at Fit Body Bootcamp where they're not just looking to go get a $10 gym membership and wander around a gym and not get results. They are here to get a re results at Fit Body Bootcamp. That's our promise to them. Right, right. They pay 147 to 167 a month. Like They pay a premium, and that's our promise to them. That's we're pretty damn good at delivering fat loss results. Well, since you and I know also that nutrition is a big factor, and since we really work on their eating habits and what they're going to do the other 23 hours, supplementation is equally as important. And when they were getting supplements that were inferior, and I would constantly hear from other from franchisees that, man, my, my, my client got sold on crappy supplements, or they went and were sold, in addition to the protein and the greens, they ended up buying these fat burner pills and fat burner creams. I'm like, oh, man, we got to have our own line specifically yeah. for, our, for our own clients. And so we created the Trulene brand, and I, you know, my mentality was this, that if my mom, my wife, my sister, my daughter, myself, what supplements would I use? Well, it, it boiled down to this. It would have to be the cleanest ingredients, number one. What does clean look like? No artificial sweeteners at all, because artificial sweeteners have their side effects. And people go, yeah, but they're in small amounts in all these foods. Yeah, but if they're in all the foods that you're eating, Every you're single in, day. Every single day, you're ingesting these cerucolose and saccharin, these artificial sweeteners in large amounts that are known to multiply the rate of cancer, that are known to give you uh, uh, plenty of documented cases of people going blind, losing their vision uh, through an excessive use of artificial sweeteners. And so with that said, truly supplements, we're not going to have any artificial sweeteners. So we're going to use stevia and monk fruit. Yes, it's a little more expensive, mm -hmm. right? We're going to use protein that comes from cows that have not been injected with steroids, hormones, and, and have not eaten genetically modified corn. Like that's like we set the non-negotiables mm -hmm. for our brand. We weren't going to take some existing brand and white label it and then sell it as our own brand. We built it from the ground up. And so we built the best vegan protein, the best... Um, whey protein out there. Of course, our greens are cold processed, not heat processed, because heat processed is much cheaper, four times cheaper to process greens with heat. However, it also kills all the micronutrients in it. Which you're is just, my next question, yeah. You're just eating green powder, not getting any vitamins. <coughs> On the other hand, you cold process this, and all of a sudden you have greens that are actually living. They have all the micronutrients grow nutrients that your gut needs, that have the probiotics that your gut needs and your system needs. And so, but again, it's more expensive. Mm -hmm. It's more expensive. So we created a premium line for our clients to use. And then of course, in 2020, we launched it direct to consumer, mm -hmm. going full circle as we, obviously no one was buying franchises. Well, even in, even in 2020, well, I say no one was buying franchises in 2020. We did. Yeah, we did sell six franchise locations, yeah, yeah. which again baffles me because God bless those people who saw that we're going to get out of this 
just as a nation and realized that, hey, I could open up a Fit Body Boot Camp, start building it out now, and I can probably have it open by the time the world goes back to normal. And that's what those six people did. And good on them. It's probably actually the best time. You can get yes. the best you know, negotiations with your landlord and leasing situations. Exactly. So. Exactly right. And so, you know, in the absence of and typically we sell between four to five, sometimes six franchise locations per month, mm -hmm. right? So when you have a massive slowdown in franchise sales, and all our focus was on anyway was just helping our existing franchisees yeah. stay afloat. Well, we realized we can take the Truly Supplements that we're selling at Fit Body Bootcamp locations and our owners are making money with. We can go direct to consumer and it'll be an income stream for us as well. So in 2020, we went direct to consumer as well through our website, truly.com. We created the wellness shot. So now we have greens, we have a hydration product, we have uh, whey protein, a vegan protein, and then we have the wellness product, um, the wellness shot, which is like nine amazing ingredients that one will make you sneeze or cough when you open up the envelope. That it will. Because it's potent. And you get a little <laughs> whiff of that and you sneeze or cough. Uh, but more than that, it's got non, non, nine amazing ingredients that are anti-inflammatory, that will boost your immune system with zero sugar, because sugar competes with the vitamin C receptor sites, and therefore the vitamin C doesn't get processed as much mm -hmm. through your body, and therefore doesn't help your cells, because vitamin C is an antioxidant at the cellular level. And when sugar goes into there, vitamin C is not allowed into a cell when sugar is present. So all that said, all that said, we then know that we're gonna create this wellness shot during this time when people are so urgently looking to build their immune system because of the COVID virus. So okay, we're already having them work out, which working out is good for your immune system. We're delivering positive uh, messaging to them, which you gotta maintain a positive mental attitude if you want a strong immune system. And you've got to eat clean, and we're certainly working with our franchise owners and their clients to make sure they're eating clean and eating healthy. And then, of course, the immune builder. It's like insurance, right? The immunity wellness shot. And so we launched that, and Trulian has just been this amazing secondary income source for Fit Body Bootcamp locations. We have some Fit Body Bootcamp franchise owners who are making enough sales with the truly supplements that they're selling every month to to pay the lease on their building to mm -hmm. pay them to pay their rent mm -hmm. right which which i love man if it could offset your rent if it could offset your payroll if it could offset your cost of your marketing like how cool is that and your clients are getting another thing that's going to take them towards their results instead of take them away from their results um, but yeah truly has been a big blessing for us and uh, it literally saved our bacon as well during 2020 when it became a revenue stream for headquarters. Especially as people were more conscious about their health, more conscious about their fitness, and you know they didn't have to go into a gym, obviously they couldn't, so you know what you put in your mouth is everything. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things that I, unpacking that, what I see the big value, not only to the consumer, like our clients, because they've gotten better results with a product they like and they can trust, um, to your point about supporting our franchisees with that extra revenue stream, um, but it's also, from a franchise perspective, created so much alignment, which I love to see, because obviously been in, being in the brand uh, as a franchisee since 2012, um, you know, for a long period of time, you know, this uh, location or this owner would be selling this supplement mm -hmm. and that supplement, so it's really just put a nice bow on the whole kind of experience, both from from a workout perspective and also from a nutrition perspective, that is, you know, a really big reason why they've worked so well together. Yeah, yeah, that is, that is. And the reality is, like you said, man, 75, 80% of the results you're going to get in a gym is going to come from your eating habits, what you put in your mouth. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, we teach our clients how to eat right, right? We give them literally nutrition education in terms of protein, fats, and carbs, so the macronutrients. However, there's also at the cellular level, what can we do with our clients? And that's where the supplements really came in. And we wanted to have a, this 360 degree of approach in really helping our clients achieve their, their fat loss and health results. Totally. Love it. Um, well, we got a few other topics to get to, but uh, you know that's really insightful for you know, our viewers out there. Um, the two other big accolades that I wanna talk from a business perspective today, um, is uh, the modern day night project or known by the, as the project. So, yep. um, you know, some of you out there might've heard of it. Um, B, could you elaborate a little bit of what it is? What's the purpose, who it's for, maybe yeah. who it's not for? We'd love to kind of pick your brain and get some further insight. Yeah, yeah, so the modern day night project, uh, this is my elevator pitch. It's a 75 hour uh, men's, it's a 75 hour experience for men who want to develop at a very rapid level 
in business and in life. In 75 hours, the development begins, mm-hmm. right? Begins. Um, and then the, the self-awareness begins. And then you continue on the work based on what we've taught them. And, but the 75 hours is very violent, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally challenging, violent. Uh, not violent like you know, we're going to beat you up, but violent by way you're doing physical work. You're crawling through three football fields, the equivalent of three football fields of a dirt, muddy field. Um, Our Navy SEAL instructor, uh, you you get hooded and you're put in a van and then you show up at a beach at four in the morning where our Navy SEAL instructor is putting you through literally what feels like Hell Week from the Navy SEAL Buds program and beach torture. Um, you're, you're hiking an average of 18 miles a day. Uh, but in between all those things during the 75 hours, you're also spending about four to six hours in a seated school environment with me journaling and working on your four F-bombs. We call these the rocks, your four rocks, your faith, your family, your fitness, and your finance. Mm. And if you can get those four rocks squared away, your faith, your family, your fitness, and finance, and the faith doesn't always have to be a religious faith. It could be your faith and confidence in yourself, your faith and confidence in your capability to execute. Mm-hmm. Um, also, your faith in a higher power, um, if that's what you believe in. And, you know, obviously your family, the nucleus of where, who you kind of care for um, and, and get your love from. And then your fitness by way of mental, emotional, and physical fitness. And then your finances, because money is a vehicle to, to freedom and money is a vehicle to meaning. And if you have money, if you have your business or your money squared away, you will find a greater sense of fulfillment by being able to serve more, mm-hmm. right? And so we, 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 we get men who are entrepreneurs into the project, entrepreneurs, and very much like me, like how I was in my early 30s. I'm 46 now, but in my early 30s, I was like burning the candle on both ends. My relationship was just struggling and on the rocks. My kids probably just thought I was the maintenance man coming through the house because they would hardly see me, right? And I was always on edge and tense, and so everybody was walking on eggshells around me. And it wasn't until I had this massive anxiety attack at the age of 37. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and in my book, Man Up, I, when I talked about that anxiety attack, the chapter was headlined, The Morning of My Heart Attack. Because when you've never had a panic attack or an anxiety attack and you were having one, I swear to you, at least mine felt like, felt like that. What, a, what I thought a heart attack should feel like. Yeah. And I'm like, this is how I go. At the age of 37, I'm about to die. And my throat was closing up, tunnel vision, my heart's racing, I'm sweating, my arms are tingling, I'm doubled over. And all I can think to myself, Bryce, was not like I, I want to live another day. Uh, who's going to walk Chloe down the aisle, my daughter? Mm-hmm. Who's going to teach Andrew to be a modern-day knight? who's going to protect my wife because I promised to protect her when we got married, right? And uh, for some reason, man, I was like, all right, I'm going to stumble my way out of this. Guest. I was in, in our guest house. And I said, I'm going to stumble my way out of this guest house and walk down the staircase. The guest house is on the second floor. And walk down the staircase. My goal was, it sounds, this is going to sound so stupid. I didn't want my wife and kids to find me at night because they thought I went to work on a Monday morning. But I went to the guest house to get my tennis shoes because I left them up there the night before because I played the drums. My drum sets were up there. And I played the drums barefoot. And so I played the drums, had my fun, left my shoes up there, came back to the main house, went to bed on Sunday night. Monday morning, I wake up. Where's my shoes? I can't find them. Aha, they're in the guest house. I go. As I go to pick up my shoes, this panic attack sets in. And... In my head, I'm like, man, if my kids find me at the end of the day, my kids and my wife, like dad didn't come back from the office, for some reason in my head, they're going to find me rigor mortis, uh, yellow and bloated, right? And this is what you're thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, who's going to walk Chloe down the aisle? Who's going to teach Andrew to be a modern day knight? And who's going to take care of Di? And then if they find me at night, I'm not going to look pretty. And that's going to leave a scar on them. So if I could just stumble down the staircase and somehow like, die on the pool deck, which is like right near the house. Mm -hmm. Maybe my wife could see out the kitchen window and at least I die looking decent, right? It's the weirdest (laughs) things that run through your mind when you think, when you think you're going to die. Having said that, we have a mutual friend, Jason Redman, Mm -hmm. a retired Navy SEAL who was ambushed in Iraq and shot in the face and the body. And he thought he was going to die. And the weird things that were running through his mind. We, at least for me, there was no other like, oh my God, I want to live another day. It was like, all right, I'm punching out, but it really sucks that my family is going to be screwed. You had came to peace with it at that moment. You were just worried about the family yeah. and what the aftermath yeah. would look yeah. like. Yeah, and I don't want them to see me all bloated and stiff and yellow or green, whatever color the body <laughs> changes to after many hours, right? 
And so, but the, I think the act of walking down the staircase, man, I got some fresh air and something and this, the, what I thought was a heart attack went away. I later find out, of course, going to the doctor that my heart's fine, the EKG's fine. It was my first of many panic attacks. Panic attack. And so I started to really focus on my self-discipline, on my leadership of self, of leading myself into, in health, and the four rocks, faith, family, fitness, finance, right? And anytime the pendulum swings one way only, and in my case, it had just swung to the business. Mm -hmm. Not because I was like, oh, money hungry, da da da. But as you know, growing a business ain't easy. Whew. Right. And those of you watching this, Ooh. like listening to this, if you're going to start a business, uh, whether it's a fitness franchise or it's going to be a restaurant or whatever, like building a business ain't easy. Mm -hmm. You better be prepared for the long haul of of the, the, the first thing to die when you start building a business is your plan. The first thing to die on the battlefield is your plan for that business. And then from there, it's like, oh, shit. How do I adjust? How do I pivot? That's How do it. I? That's it. Now, the good news is if, if you're like, why is he talking me out of going into business? Because if I've talked you out of it and you've tuned out, those of you who have stayed around now, know that when you are in business and you build a business and a brand that's impacting lives, there's no greater fulfilling experience. Great fulfillment ever. Oh, my God. And I got, got to tell you, and you know this, being an entrepreneur is the greatest self-development program on the planet. But my pendulum had swung so far in trying to get the business to work that I was neglecting my own personal fitness, mental, emotional, and physical. Mm -hmm. um, lost all connection with my self-confidence and faith, et cetera. And then, of course, the family. And so the project is about, so as I, after I really refocused on that and I started spending the next five years become a better leader of myself and my team and uh, working on my four F-bombs, I realized like, holy cow, you, you really can't have a very balanced life. It's not impossible to have a balanced life. And I realized men suffer a lot and we just keep our head down, put things in the silo, in a mm -hmm. box, mm -hmm. compartmentalize is what it's called, mm -hmm. right? And then we just go, go, go. But it shows up in some way, either in depression, in anxiety, in drug use, in infidelity, in alcoholism. It's going to show up because you can't have pain and not have that pain show up in some area. And so for me, it just showed up as anxiety attacks and a very bad relationship with food. Here, the fitness guy had gotten fat again, and I'd put on some 30 pounds of fat, and I felt like an imposter because in the fitness industry, you ought to look fit, and yeah. I wasn't looking fit anymore because I was so stressed and overwhelmed that I would just emotionally eat and then just half-ass my workouts. But all this to say that once I was able to help myself, and I talked about that in my book, Man Up, men started to reach out to me and say, man, it'd be really cool if you would like help us get our F-bombs, right, the four Fs, figured out. And so I figured what a cool way. And one thing I did is I would take on these six week challenges and, you know, I trained for six weeks, run a marathon and uh, train with an MMA fighter for six weeks and then go in a cage and fight them. And I, I'm not a fighter. And yet it was like so scary and overwhelming yet. It taught me to constantly break through the next level. Mm -hmm. Right. And when I was able to cross that finish line of the marathon, I crossed so many other finish lines in other parts of my life. It was really neat to see how it bleeds everything. How you do anything is how you do everything. And so as I talked about that in my book, men reached out to me and said, hey, it'd be really cool if you did this, some kind of thing. And as I talked to Aaron, our VP for Truline, one day I'm talking to him. He's like, man, you know, we should have this project or something. And I go, yeah, well, how, how long would we need? You know, if we can just take everything I did in five years. And we're like, ah, probably about 75 hours. Yeah, yeah. And then wouldn't it be cool if we had a Navy SEAL running one part of it and a, and a Marine running another part of it on the physical fitness side of it? But then we did like some pistol and rifle stuff. And so we need like some kind of a SWAT guy. Uh, yeah. And then wouldn't it be cool if, you know, so all these wouldn't it be cools. And then, of course, Aaron is an MMA fighter. And so, you know, so now you're doing some groundwork. And, and then, of course, I teach the kind of life balance and the business side of things. And so those are our five instructors for the project. And to date now, we've had seven classes, an average of 18 guys start. Uh, typically about 30 to 40% will ring the bell and quit mm -hmm. during the 75 hours. But those that 
persevere and graduate the project are part of a lifelong brotherhood where we have annual meetups and a private Facebook group where we're constantly teaching and evolving and sharing our wins mm -hmm. and lessons. There's never any losses in life, there's lessons. The only time there's a loss is when you get down, fall down, and you stay down. You give up. Yeah, otherwise it's wins and lessons. And so it's a really cool environment and it's just love seeing these men. And I get letters from the wives, right? Saying like, oh my God, so-and-so came back home and he's a different dude. He's a different dude. I feel he's at peace. I feel I don't have to walk around eggshells. Neither does the dog, neither do the kids. You know, and to get that, those kind of letters, man, are pretty meaningful to me. And so, again, I've had the good fortune to suffer a lot in life where I can now help men who are suffering like I once did, help them break through in areas that maybe if they want to work with a therapist like I did mm -hmm. and like you have, mm -hmm. But most men don't necessarily want to work with a therapist. And so we found a very unorthodox method that men really enjoy going through. Interesting. Yeah. And maybe to put a bow on it, you've kind of touched upon this, but you know, for our viewers out there who are thinking, wow, you know, CEO and founder of Fit Body Bootcamp, CEO and founder of Truly Nutrition, how does he even have time or why would he, you know, create, you know, another business entity like this? I mean, is it fair to say it's a passion product? It's something mm -hmm. that's burned inside and you really have a purpose around it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I believe like, just like I believe every single one of us on this planet have one book inside of us. Thankfully, I got my book out of the way. Man up. We'll right. talk about in a second. Yeah, and, and, and everyone's like, hey, did you, uh, are you going to write another book? I'm like, listen, slow down. <laughs> I did not like the process of, I'm thankful that it became a bestseller and it just sells like hotcakes. But Bryce, writing Man Up was probably the most difficult, challenging experience I've gone through. And why? Because I'm not a great writer. I write sales copy. I write blog posts. I write emails. I don't write 70 some odd thousand words or whatever. It ended up being, and I don't write in lessons like that, mm -hmm. you know? And so it was way out of my comfort zone. But um, going back to what you said, yeah, you know, like I believe every person has at least one book in them. I believe life comes to us in phases and seasons, and the season of life that I'm in allowed me to work with a therapist and talked about, talk about what happened to me as a child. And I freely from stage on podcasts like this, I talk about being molested and how I've healed from that. I talk about, you know, getting beat up and picked on and being a foreigner in this country. Imagine being told, go back to your own effing country. You don't belong here, right? Like I, I'm, I'm, I've healed from all of that. Mm -hmm. I had that as all of that as a chip on my shoulder and I carried that weight with me. And so I believe I'm in a phase of my life in 46 years old where I've got great like leaders and partners like you who can get their arm around Fit Body Bootcamp and then Aaron who can get his arms around Trulene. Um, and then of course the Navy SEAL and the Marine, Steve and Ray really do most of the heavy lifting for the project in terms of getting these men ready to come to their 75 hour experience. Cause we train them ahead of time mm -hmm. via Zoom. We train them for eight to 12 weeks, get mm -hmm. them mentally and physically conditioned to come to and experience the project. So I, I, I'm just a, a a lucky dude who has uh, this amazing opportunity to work with and lead some tremendously awesome people. And I'm in a phase of my life where I can do that. And who knows what comes to me at 56 and what level of freedom and what amount of awesome people I have around me that I could make even greater impact. No different than when you were like, hey, I've got one gym, one Fit Body Bootcamp location, and I'm really impacting your Belinda. Mm -hmm. Your Belinda was your first location. That's I right. Yeah. But then you're like, I think, I, I think I'm meant for a bigger impact. And then you open another. Mm -hmm. I think I'm meant for a bigger impact and another. And mm -hmm. you, you, we kind of, those seasons and phases come and you realize, and the only limiting factor to impact and growth is the people around you. Not even money. Money is not a limiter. Because if you're good at what you do, money will come. There's been plenty of times I've had the money, but I hadn't, hadn't had the, the time and the people to execute on a new business. But once you have the money, then you need to find the right people around you who share the same vision and like, holy cow, like how neat that we're now partnered in Fit Body Bootcamp and you can get your arms around Fit Body Bootcamp and while I'm still actively involved in it, I have enough bandwidth to work on other things that give me a greater sense of fulfillment in terms of the impact to this planet. Well, good on you, man. And there's a big lesson there for our audience. So thank you for sharing that bit. Yeah, thank you, man. Appreciate it.
So as we transition and kind of the last business topic that I wanted to hit, which we, you've alluded to, which is really your best-selling author, uh, your best-selling book, Man Up, um, really want to just kind of pick your brain on the biggest lessons that you learned at, like in writing it, and then also too, um, like why you wrote it and what was the impact that you're looking to accomplish? Yeah, good question. So I wrote Man Up, and by the way, it's not just for men. Man Up literally is human up, right? Uh, let's not forget that in the Bible, the Bible refers to humanity as man should not do blah, 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 and man mm -hmm. should do blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't just refer to the masculine male man, it refers to men and women. So man up is just human up to your highest potential. I realized that when I was suffering and struggling and going through these kind of ups and downs and emotionally erratic and poorly disciplined, that I wasn't living to my highest potential, Bryce. And when that anxiety attack happened and when I started to work with the therapist and go and process through all the trauma and, and stress and anxiety, I came out the other end um, just, just happier and more at peace. And I wanted that for others. And in that process, I learned how to become a better leader, right? I didn't lead with wagging my finger and, and passive aggressiveness anymore. I led with this like sense of compassion and um, hey, man, if you want to be on my bus, cool. If you don't, you're going to have to get off my bus, but you can't just kind of occupy a seat and not be in line with my vision, Yep. right? And so with that, I learned there's these six pillars of leadership and peak performance, and I was in a position then where I could now teach others. Like, why go through five years of my level of suffering and learning when you could just read my book uh, and then implement those six pillars of peak performance and leadership into your life and develop into a better version of yourself. And that's what Man Up really is all about. And in terms of writing the book, um, again, like I said, it was just a horrible, horrible, awful experience. If I were to do it over again, I would maybe get a ghostwriter. Okay. Um, I, I should have gotten a ghostwriter in the get-go, but I felt like I was overly confident. That's what it was. I was like, man, I, I've started all these businesses. I could write a book. Mm -hmm. Man, it was the hardest thing I've done. Just a butt kicking, huh? Yeah. Now, having said that, I'd rather, rather write a book than survive 2020 again. Whew. So there you go. Yeah, touche. Yeah. Well, good. Well, unpacking all this, um, you know, another kind of question, not specific to any one of your businesses, but um, and I've had the pleasure of working with you. So I certainly know a few zone of your geniuses, but from your perspective, what would you say, you kind of break it all down. What's a zone of genius of Bedros Koulian? What's a zone of genius for me? Man, I think a zone of genius for me, one of my zone of geniuses is I, I can see around corners. Um, I can see around corners, specifically in our industry, in the fitness industry, wellness industry, I can see what's coming next. And so that's where I alluded to earlier on, which allows us to create faster than we can be copied, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that's just you know, when you're in an industry going on near 30 years now, you, you kind of get good at predicting things. So that's how I can see around corners. Another zone of genius for me is understanding how the human mind makes a decision. So I know how to market and influence really well. And that you could see that in all of the businesses that we own. And where did that come from? My dad has a, has the gift of gab. He's a tremendous storyteller and great at building rapport. I think the raw ingredients came from there. Okay. The rest of it was self-taught and learned, right? Just read books. I would print out Dan Kennedy and Gary Halbert sales letters and handwrite them. Uh, remember, I had to learn the English language first mm -hmm. before I could even articulate a sales message, mm -hmm. right? So people are like, oh, you're, you're you know, factory installed. It's like, no, nah, it's not yeah. factory installed. I had to learn your language first yep. before I even could sell someone anything. Um, so there's some raw ingredients there from my dad just seeing how he could win people over easily. Um, and so, you know, through the power of proximity, I've gained those things from him, but then I've refined them over the years through just doing the work relentlessly. Beating yeah. on that craft. Amen. Copy that. Um, so kind of transition here, kind of into, you know, kind of big picture. Um, what is your true calling? Well, like, why do you think you were put on this planet? I... I, I don't know what my true calling is other than the fact that the more I show vulnerability and share with the world the adversity and suffering I've gone through, the more I seem to impact people's lives. So, for example, we were in Miami in January mm -hmm. and our EOS implementer, Brian, 
was like, remember that exercise he took us through? Which one? Um, share something about yourself. Like we did, like it was like deep stuff. That like, like no one knows. That and, no yeah, one yeah. knows. Yep. Like I suppress, I've suppressed, being 46 and having gone through a lot of uh, SHIT, I've suppressed so much stuff, not even realizing it sometimes. And so I was like, man, you guys pretty much know everything about me. Like I've wrote a book. Mm -hmm. I talk about it on podcasts and shows. Like, and then he was like, no, no, no. There's got to be something that no one knows about you. And then it hit me, right? Which was that when we came to America, my brother who's older than me, substantially older than me, my brother's 14 years older, my sister's 16 years older. Um, my dad opened up a little tailor shop about three, four years after being here in the United States. My brother wasn't assimilating well in the United States, uh, being you know 19 years old when we came. He wanted to go back to Armenia. They got in a big fight. My dad had a pistol underneath his sewing machine. My brother grabbed the pistol put the pistol to his head. My mom's freaking out. My dad's freaking out. I'm nine years old, 10 years old at this point. And my brother's got the pistol to his head. And he's like, I should kill myself. And my dad being angry, I know he didn't mean it. He's like, then do it. I'm like, oh my God, this was like something out of the Sopranos, man, right? And as I was telling you guys this, I was just feeling it. And I remember my mom's pulling on my brother's hand. And, you know, he's a strong dude and he's got the pistol there and he's not about to let her pull it. My dad's encouraging him to do it because he's gotten in a rage. And all I could do was slide my hand between the barrel and his head and try and cup the barrel away. And um, he didn't he didn't shoot himself and uh, everything's Ooh. fine. But I shared that and I believe my job is to be more vulnerable to uh, help more people and I'm sure there's probably more suppressed shit in me um, that will come out as I get older and more comfortable and it will help more people and that you do be yeah that you do all right so we only have a, a short on time a few minutes left we'll do a little yeah. lightning round if you will yeah so first question of the lightning round now before all your business success you know you were the major schooling that you are today what was the biggest thing in your way what was the biggest thing holding you back it's always yourself, right? It's always uh, it's always yourself holding you back. It's the negative self-talk within that says, I'm not able to do it. I'm not capable. I don't have a college degree. I'm a foreigner to this country. Whatever your negative self-talk is, maybe people instilled some negativity in you that you then made it a loop. Get rid of that. Kill it. Copy that. Um, you are known for giving incredible advice. What's been the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Best piece of advice that I've ever received. I mean, you put me on the spot with this one. The best piece of advice I've ever received was from Jim Franco. And I'm just thinking in terms of business, since we're obviously talking about business here. Um, in terms of business, I was so excited. I bought a Chevy Tahoe. Jim Franco was my original, first and original mentor. I bought a Chevy Tahoe, paid it off in full, and I was excited. And he goes, you idiot, you've got good credit. You put $4,000 down and you could have made payments on that thing with low interest rate and use that money to start your second gym because at the time I only had one gym. And I was like, oh, so I didn't do well in paying off that car? He's like, no, you need to leverage money, not pay stuff off. And so that was an eye-opening experience. Whew, that's deep, good stuff. Yep. Um, next up, um, what is one personal habit that you have uh, that has contributed to your massive success? I lock on, I lock on. I can focus and concentrate on anything that I put my mind to. Mm -hmm. And I do believe, I can't say that single-handedly, there's no one thing. By the way, there is no, big secret folks, what's the one thing to, to making millions of dollars? There isn't one thing, it's a lot of little things. But this is one of the many little things that if I could maybe say there was three, four things, okay, one thing, concentration, focus, my ability to lock on and not get distracted by the idea fairy who wants to keep bringing good ideas. Copy that. Now, aside from Man Up, um, which if you haven't read the book, you need to, literally game-changing, uh, what would be your biggest book recommendation and why? Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. I think everybody on this planet ought to listen to, not read, ought to listen to Outwitting the Devil because this is Napoleon Hill's best book. And you're like, wait, Napoleon Hill wrote how to... No, not how to win friends, influence people. Uh, um, what was Napoleon's book? Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich. Yep. That was 
his second book, his first book that his estate did not allow him mm-hmm. to publish. His wife didn't allow him. So after the wife, the kids, everybody died, his estate, sev- 70 years later, his estate put his book out in 2011, Outwitting the Devil, his first 70 book. Years. Wow. And the reason I think everyone should listen to it on audiobook is because in the book, Napoleon Hill is able to uh, corner the devil. He finds the devil. He meets the devil in Washington, D.C., and he is able to influence the devil in a way where he's able to put the devil on trial. And the devil has sworn to seek, to, has sworn to tell the truth on how he, he gets into our head and twists our thoughts and our behavior and our desires, etc. And outwitting the devil is so neat because you understand that the devil lives within, as does, as does heaven, right? As does the God. You are also godlike. Uh, great book. Copy that. All right, last couple questions. Uh, Tomorrow you wake up and everything has changed. All your business success has been taken away from you. However, you still have the knowledge and all the accumulation of knowledge that you've learned up into this point. What does your next seven days look like? Do I have access to you and our leadership team? You do. We go right into the conference room like we did twice a day, every day during COVID. And I would say, guys, everything's been taken away, but we've got our memory of what experience we have. So since we're going to get to start from scratch, how do we scale 10 10 times bigger, 10 times faster? And then we would come up with something awesome to sell to people who need a solution to a problem. And it would have to be meaningful and impactful to us because we're just not cut from the cloth of selling widgets to people. We like selling impactful stuff to people that have problems. Um, And so we'd find the problem, we'd create the solution, and we'd sell it like no one's business. Beautiful. All right, B, so last question here. Number one, I guess two-part, where can our viewers connect with you at? And if you could share one piece of parting wisdom to close out uh, our conversation today. Yeah, so the best place to connect with me is on uh, Instagram, at Bedros Koulian. One piece of wisdom that I can impart would be this. Your whole life, situations and people wrote your book. Like the moment you're born, like my dad and my mom, decide, or my dad and my sister decide they're gonna boil rice and feed me, right? <laughs> to keep me alive. Uh, Cause my mom was hemorrhaging in the hospital. And so like, they, they could have chopped up something else and fed me. Like, especially as a baby, like, oh, this is your favorite color. Oh, you're a little chunky. Oh, you're, you're just a little slow. Oh my God, you're clumsy. And so people are always writing in your book of how you are. And then situations, boyfriends, girlfriends, school teachers, like, oh, you're ugly, oh, you're fat, you're tall, you're this, you're whatever. And then at some point the, you, you gotta realize that Dog on it, that, that, that pen that I've given to everyone else, hand me that pen back because there's a lot more empty pages left and I'm tired of people writing on what's gonna happen and I'm gonna take the pen and I'm gonna finish the story. I wish I knew that in my 20s. I figured that out in my late 30s and I want more people to understand that today. Take that pen back and finish the story the way you want it to go. Amen to that. Well, B, I've had a ton of fun today. I'm so grateful that with our co-hosting efforts, uh, the first podcast episode, Mm -hmm. you allowed me to interview you. Um, I want to acknowledge you uh, from the time that we met back in 2012. You've made a giant impact in my life. And as the old adage goes, if you catch a man of fish, he can eat for a day. But if you can teach a man a fish, he can eat for a lifetime. And I feel like the wisdom um, you've taught and impressed upon me has really shaped the way I think. And I'm certainly grateful for that. But at the end of the day, it's not about me. You've done that for so many people, including our audience today. So I want to thank you, acknowledge you for that. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Pete.